welcome to a new episode of Detox, the podcast series of the International Diabetes Federation. I'm your host, Felissa DeRose. In this episode, we will be talking about the challenges that children and adolescents living with diabetes can face in the school environment and what can be done to overcome them. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Andrea Rodriguez-Novella from Mexico and Ines Jokopanic from Croatia. Both are living with type 1 diabetes and are members of the IDF Young Leaders in Diabetes Program, an initiative that empowers young people with diabetes to become efficient advocates for themselves and other people affected by diabetes in their community. Andrea and Ines, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? <laughs> yes, um, hello everyone, I'm pretty fine. Thank you, thank you for the invitation. Um, it's a blast to be here with, with you and to talk a little bit about me and my experience, of course, in school as a person living with type 1 diabetes. Okay, thank you. Ines? Hi to all. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing to be here, especially after the webinar that we hold, and uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to be here, and especially with my uh, friend Andrea from Mexico. Okay. So to kick it off, to kick off our discussion, can you tell us how long you've been living with diabetes? Yes, it will, in my case, I've been living with type 1 diabetes for 10 years now. I was diagnosed, diagnosed in April 11 of 2011. Okay, 10 years for me too, so welcome to the 10-year club. <laughs> and what I'm. Uh, what is funny? I I was also diagnosed on April. It was 12th April, uh, but 2005th. So I'm living with type one diabetes over 16 years. Uh, but yeah, Andrea and I got it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were little. Yeah, uh, around 12 birthdays. So yeah. Okay. And can you share with us how diabetes has impacted your lives? Yeah, well, in my case, it was kind of a huge thing, I, I think. At the beginning, um, I, of course, I didn't expect it. Um, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, as everyone, um, well, like most people experience. And I was also very ashamed of it at school. Um, my teachers at school knew that I have diabetes, but I never told my friends or, or close people that I have diabetes, like for myself, because I felt ashamed of it. And at, at that time, I didn't, I didn't knew that it will impact me so much. Um, but fifth years later, when I met my diabetes association, everything changed. Like I went for the first time to a diabetes camp and I met other people with diabetes like me. And I always tell my mom that this experience was like a life cha changer because after the camp, 
I think I was a complete different person and I perceived diabetes in a very different way. And after that, I never felt like ashamed of sharing about my condition and talking about uh, to others about how I live my diabetes and what I have to do. And it was the opposite. Like I was very excited to talk about my diabetes and I was very excited that other people asking me about it. it really changed my life I think oh okay thank you for that I'm going to come back to the camp um, but I want to give Enos a chance to answer how has diabetes impacted your life the, on the first yeah of course it was tears tears and only tears I think uh, but I think one month before I was diagnosed, I met a girl uh, that had type, uh, type 1 diabetes and I was talking with her and like it was, oh, I cannot eat this, I cannot eat this, but I'm living with it and it's okay, it is going all of my life and everything. And at that time I was eating like every five seconds, like really all the time. And I, I just remember that I was saying to her like, Oh my God, I could never live with something, what is called diabetes. And when my, my mom picked me up uh, from school, uh, it was Tuesday afternoon and she sat me down in the car and told me like, we are going to hospital, you have diabetes. And I was just like, oh my God, I will not eat anything. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, is this karma or something that is uh, that is chasing me? But um, uh, in the hospital, I have met the mother of my friend from school. She was a nurse there and she was my like main nurse uh, in the hospital. And then she explained me everything. And uh, at that time, I was like, OK, everybody knew that I went to hospital because it was in the in the middle of my class. And uh, it was like, OK, I'm coming back. Uh, but how I uh, got in the hospital, it was a few days before my birthday. So all class came to my to my uh, to my to hospital to my room, and we were like celebrating the birthday with, uh, of course, photo of a cake. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was like at that time everybody knew that that something is going on with me, and uh, I think that was maybe. Uh, one of the reasons why I was never shy about that, I I couldn't, um, I don't, I don't understand people who are who are shaming of it because I I was never ashamed of it, but when I'm like rolling uh, rolling uh, like these parts of my life when it was like like few few things that jump into it and it was like of course that. Everybody knew that I have diabetes, and when I go to high school, I was like in the class, "Oh, I have type one diabetes." Just that you know, if I will lay down on on something, just need to give me sugar, and it was quite that. And also, like <laughs> diabetes came that when you learn, when you meet the other people with diabetes, that that is really like a life changer. Uh, even for me, that I wasn't shine, but it was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm the only one. But when, when you meet other people with diabetes and 
heard their stories and uh, see what they're doing and things like that it really it really helped a lot oh, okay thank you um very much for that i have to say every time i hear someone say they've been to a diabetes camp i'm like i want to go <laughs> sign me <laughs> up <laughs> um i think both of you mentioned about feeling lonely you know at some point and if you can think back to being a student and in school and now having diabetes what was that process like for your teachers the staff other classmates you touched on it a little bit but i'd like you to just focus on that sharing how how did the sharing process happen yeah well in my case um um I was also at school. I wasn't a shy person in school, but um, after I was diagnosed uh, with diabetes, um, my parents like took care of everything for me. Like they told teachers about my condition because of course they needed to know in case of an emergency. So of course they, they tell them and tell them like what I needed to do. So in case of an emergency, I always have to go to to the teachers because um, there will there were the only person that knew about my diabetes. But um, in case of my uh, talking about my friends in school, it was um, difficult for me because um, I always had a very close relationship with them, but never to the point that I was comfortable about talking about what happened that time. I never knew why, but it happened that way. And at that time also, I was um, a ballet dancer. I was um, training because I had a lot of um, competitions and I was very focused on that. So maybe that thing also helped me to not to pay attention a lot to diabetes. Like I was almost ignoring that I had diabetes. I just, of course, took my, my insulin. I had to take my, uh, eat well, of course, but mm -hmm. never take it to the point that it was like serious for me. And maybe that also, I was afraid of being rejected um, because what I saw and what mm -hmm. I heard about diabetes, especially um, talking about type two diabetes, a lot of people had uh, misconceptions about the condition and I was afraid that they reject me or get me out of, of their circle okay. and that's why I never told them uh, properly um, so yes it was it was difficult but at some point um, I felt like a little bit um, comfortable to tell just some friends because I knew because if, if we had if we go to a party or if I wanted to go to a sleepover, of course they needed to know that I was going to take some insulin shots or I needed to eat something different. But yes, I never I never liked like being treat, treated um, different, okay. so that's why I never tell them. Okay. And when they did find out, when you reached that point of feeling comfortable, were they supportive? Yes, they were. And and that's when I realized, like, oh, there's nothing to be afraid of. I, I was just making things in my mind that, of course, it wasn't the reality. 
I never, I had to experience first to knew that it wasn't that bad. Okay. okay. And then you, Enos, if you could start off by talking about your sharing at school and who knew teachers, staff, your peers. Yeah, I, uh, so all of my class classmates uh, in school, they knew about diabetes and uh, um, my teachers, everybody knew because we have a, we had a like a school book where you have like your name with all grades. I don't know what is the name of that on English. Uh, and uh, I was sometimes like, oh, why only me? I have like, uh, they had on my, on my page, they had like a paper and a paper clip. Uh, which was saying like she has diabetes type 1 in a case of emergency you need to do this and this okay. and I was like okay then if if there is some some kind of a random asking from from teachers they were like always open me because it was like a paper clip there so you cannot miss me <laughs> and I just like no I don't want to have a diabetes so like everybody every time they are asking me but in that time I was like talking with my with my teacher and like told her like oh my god in the last two months always I was the first one in a row to asking some questions in front of all class only because of that paper and then she said okay I will move the paper on the back so if something <laughs> happens they will need to open that like everybody already know that you have diabetes so that was like uh, every time when I had some problem, I was trying to to figure it out with uh, with talking, and uh, even with my uh, teachers and uh, and my classmates. Uh, of course, I had some some kind of like uh, uh, kidding in school. Like for example, your sugar has dropped, but they are referring to the to to the white sugar that you are putting in coffee or something like that and uh, things like that but it, it never uh, it never bothered me so much uh, but with some with some uh, with some teachers i had the conflicts uh, especially the ones who knew what is type 1 uh, what is diabetes but they were referring to the type 2 diabetes so they were like oh my 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 i don't know grandfather is uh, uh, have type uh, have diabetes, and I was mm -hmm. saying like, but this is not the same. Like, oh, I know, like, uh, what was your blood sugar when you when you when you woke up in the morning? And I was like, this is not the same. If now is like twelve o'clock, it's changed like already three times or something like that. So you cannot like this is not the the same thing. And they were always uh, no no day. She was always like. Uh, Oh, she has diabetes, so she wants to be uh, like in the center, and uh, she wants to be like uh, uh, she, she she's she wants to be in the center of attention. Like every everything needs to be around her, because I was uh, when my blood sugar was low, I was just starting to eat. Like you cannot stop me. I need to eat. Like this is my first aid. And uh, then when one time I went out of my class and she started to talking that to to uh, out loud to my classmates. Mm -hmm. And after they, they told me that and I was like, but she cannot say that like, no, it's not right. And uh, I think I was from always I was like, 
fight for my rights or something like that. I, I didn't understand that in that time. But uh, next time I was like, uh, I again had a hypo and I needed to eat. And she starting to like, grunging something. And I asked her like, what do you want to say? Like, say me, like, you need to say me. And then she started and uh, I yelled at her and went to, I told her that she cannot talk like that. And straight, I went uh, away from my class. It was the mathematics and I was on the national competition in mathematics. So I knew mathematics and she cannot do me anything. This was my, she cannot give me some bad air because everybody knew that I cannot get um, one. I don't know, it's, it's not A, it's, E on English uh, and uh, like she cannot give me that because I know mathematics and uh, so it was some problems and uh, but I did figure it out and uh, since then she was like always uh, very afraid of what she's saying and I taught her what is the difference between type 1 and type 2 and from that point she never said me anything. She was just asking, do you need to eat? Like, yes, I need to eat. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. It's good to hear that you've always been an advocate. You know, that's so important to advocate for ourselves. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask uh, you both were about a difficult time that you've had. So, you know, thank you for sharing yours. Um, Andrea, have you experienced as a student any difficulties, uh, diabetes stigma or uh, discrimination? Yeah, well, I don't think I experienced the stigma um, like that, but I, I also, I felt like I didn't like um, like I said before, being treated um, differently because I had diabetes, maybe it's kind of a stigma, I'm not sure, but it was like for my my sake, like when we had um, uh, special events in school, like kids day or um, I don't know, Christmas or things like that, Halloween, for example, um, school prepare like special lunch for kids and of course it was long uh, kind of food that I wasn't um it, it's not that it was pro prohibited for me but I at that time because I was started my treatment I couldn't eat it like because I didn't know how to count the carbohydrates of that food so it was difficult because um, I, I remember my mom like bringing my food to those events and me being the only child like eating a, a different kind of food. And if I remember kids uh, asking me like, why you don't eat this? And why you only uh, drink um, uh, sugar-free beverages? And I was like, oh, because I have uh, to take care of my, of my diet because I'm, I'm a ballet dancer and I was also saying those things like lying to them. So maybe those things uh, are the only ones that felt um, like kind of strange for me when I was in school. But in case, um, talking about my friends, like uh, treating me as special or saying something mean to me because they have diabetes, maybe because they didn't knew about 
I have diabetes like properly, they never ask anything or tell me something specific, fortunately. But I really know that other people experience this stigma and that is a really huge thing and that that must be changed, of course. Okay, thank you. Um, hearing you talk made me think about healthy options for kids in school. So if you think about uh, your school experience, like did they provide healthy options for you in the school cafeteria? No, <laughs> never. And I always had to take my lunch, um, my healthy lunch, because in school you can only buy like um, junk food, like fries and pizza and Coca-Cola, <laughs> like soda, you know? And of course, it's not that we cannot eat it, but of course, as being ch ch children, uh, as kids, we, of course, we need to take more attention to this kind of food because we don't know, we, we are little children, we are, we are young people, and we don't know how all of this affects our health. And as people with diabetes, is uh, pretty much hard. Um, and we, of course, I think schools need to to bring, uh, to give children the options um, for a healthier um, lunch and healthier food, especially if they live with diabetes. Okay, thank you for sharing. I'm always fascinated when I see school lunches from different countries. So, thanks for sharing what you had in Mexico, in Mexico and Croatia. Uh, can you tell us about your food options in school? Were there healthy options for you as a kid with type 1? Um, not so much. Uh, I mean, we didn't have this, uh, this kind of pizzas and French, uh, French fries and things like that. It wasn't... Uh, if, if it was on the menu, it was once in two months or something like that. So we had a cafeteria that is... Uh, uh cooking lunch for all kids uh in the school who wanted to take uh, a lunch day uh, but as i was uh in a school from i don't know eight to one o'clock i was uh i didn't take uh, a lunch to to my school but i was eating at home so it was like i wasn't in a school in school all day so i couldn't uh, find it but i was taking a uh, lunch some some kind of snacks uh in school and things like that because for that we only had like white bread um and uh, we 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 don't have coca cola and sodas sodas and things like that because it is prohibited in Croatia to have uh, vending machines in uh, elementary school, but the high school was something way out, and there is there is no regulation for for the high schools, and this is for uh, children uh, 14 years old and above, so they are like still kids, <laughs> uh, and in that case. Uh, so I was already a little grow up and uh, I was taking uh, my lunch from from home or I was buying in the store next. Uh, 
and it was some some other things uh, things to to take it but sometimes you cannot uh, sometimes you cannot choose what to eat or if all class is going somewhere to to take a eat for example in some kind of McDonald's or something like that in in a fast food it was like mm, should i say i don't want to go or should i say uh i will eat something else <laughs> like it was always like what to say to to show them that it's not even the healthy option for them not right. not only for me it yeah. was like uh yeah i know that my blood sugar will arise and go down and everything after some things like that but i was like always why why they are eating that <laughs> like why why do they want to eat that this is like this is a this is not eat. This is not. This is not a meal. What, what you want to eat? So, uh, I had these kind of struggles when I didn't have time to to cook my own lunch lunch uh, day before or or things like that. But it went okay. <laughs> uh, I I just found out uh, last week. I was talking with some mom. Uh, how did she preparing? Uh, how how is she preparing a lunch for her kid? And she told me that she was going, uh, so she's living in some um, in some small city, and she was going all around the city in each uh, school to asking them, will are they willing to prepare some different kind of food for her kids? And the school, it was only one school that said, okay, we will take care of that. And she said, "Okay, it is maybe it is on the other end of the of the city, but I will take my my kid there." So now she's taking some different kinds of eat. So, if, for example, they have a chicken and uh, and uh, potato, she will get uh, chicken and a lot of salad and uh, potato made in some different way or some other kinds of uh, vegetable. But so this is maybe some kind of what parents can can do to check which school will be will be willing to to do things like that and to say them like this is for example uh 100 grams of potato or just that kids know how to uh, deal with carbs and yeah it was it was something was i was like oh i never thought of that <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, as we all know, a healthy diet is important to diabetes management and prevention. And it seems like for both of you as students, it was a challenge. Um, I'm curious to know if you think about your life as a student with type 1 diabetes, what was the hardest thing you faced or the biggest challenge that you've had? Um, okay, for me, um, I think I mentioned it a lot, a lot of times right now, but of course, um, not being able to talk about my diabetes and not being able to, to be free in, in that kind of, of way, like being able to, you know, like just checking my blood sugar um, in front of my classmates without worrying that they will say something about me or treating my hypoglycemia without um, being treated differently because I needed to go out of the classroom at that moment because I need to treat my 
hypo. Um, I think that was the hardest part and not being able to, you know, just be myself um, as a person with diabetes. I think that was the hardest part. Thank you for sharing. And Ines? For me, I think it was the hardest to find a way of, um, for example, you have a hypo and your test is coming up and like you cannot write, like you cannot think about anything except like you need to eat now and you have like only 30 minutes to to fill out the test so we, you didn't have extension for something like that and if you had some kind of extension or if they say like okay you can take your text test next time then uh, other kids will will be like um i don't know uh jealous of you like oh we all we all did a test already but you didn't like okay you can always take on of diabetes so you can always say like oh i don't want you to take a test now i'm like i don't know in hypo in hyper and things like that and it, it was it was very hard to find the balance when you really cannot do the test and what other kids will say about that because you didn't want to be uh, the one that didn't write the test or she has some benefits or things like that. So it was it was only not only school, it was only also in college when you need to miss or miss your deadline to to fill out some test or uh, any any kind of this kind of stressful situation when you cannot control your blood sugar. So I think this was this was the most challenging thing thing for me in the last uh, 15 years that I'm living with diabetes. Okay, thank you for sharing those challenges. Both of them are, are, are big challenges to deal with as a student. If you think about your home countries, we have Mexico, we have Croatia, and thinking about the school system, how supportive would you say the school systems are right now for people with type 1 diabetes students okay in case of mexico i think i don't think they are very supportive about people with diabetes and diabetes in general but um in 2019 like two years ago um i noticed that um our ministry of health started to to take action um, a little bit, <laughs> but it, it's something like we need to start with something and they establish a new uh, labeling in foods and beverages where they uh, warn people about uh, how many uh, soda and how many um, sugar, uh, if, it, if it's a product that has excess of fats uh, or saturated fats, um, they warn people about those product, those products, and when in case of children, if school cantinas still sell like this kind of products in school, um, I think this way maybe children can see like, oh, I, I want to buy buy this these cookies, but they have like excess of sugar. I don't know. Um, so maybe they have the the decision like if they bought it or not but still we 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 face that school still 
um, are still selling those products in school. Okay. Um, even 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 if they have like this new labeling, they don't care at all, and they still um, give them to them. Okay. You know? So it's kind of um, it doesn't make sense, but. <laughs> Okay, and 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 see that there is something that they are starting to to do, so it's something. Okay, okay. So that's Mexico, Croatia. In Croatia, I think um, it depends on the school how supportive they will be. Uh, so as I already said, like there is some schools that are willing to cook something different for your kid and. Uh, um give them something different to eat what will be more appropriate for them but still there are some schools that uh, don't even want to talk about diabetes they don't want to like like they don't care because you are like one in i don't know 100 200 300 kids so it's like um it's, it's hard to balance and it really needs to you really like maybe need to check in which school you will go no matter what if i don't know your dad or your grandfather was going in that school and at that time it was great um but as we are saying on the on the healthier options what and the things that uh, government did um in croatia a few years ago they started a campaign uh healthy living and they got some guidelines for the schools what uh, what they need to how how the meal for kids needs to look like uh and but um, um, oftenly that there is a lot of bread i mean it's it's a whole grain bread but still it's a bread it's a lot of carbs and as we are uh, there we are calling ourselves as the sandwich nation. So like in Croatia, for everything that you're doing when you're going on the trip and everything, you're, you will take your sandwich, no matter how, how the sandwich will look, but it will look like a sandwich. So uh, there's a lot of options for, for things like that, but they're not, uh, they don't have anything for, I don't know, uh people with celiac uh, uh condition or for people with diabetes with less carbs so it's mm, it's bouncing <laughs> and still some school didn't didn't take these guidelines as oh we need to do that like from now on so and they're like oh we will just go on on our own it's it's going good we are like we know what we are doing and um but yeah, it's it's it depends really really depends on the school, not only uh, if you are in the city or you are outside of the city, it can be like two two to totally different. Sometimes it will be better in a school that is outside of the city than what is some of the school in the like uh, center city like Zagreb. Uh, so it's it really 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 depends on uh, on the school leaders <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah i just want to say i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and everything that you all are saying and i just was taking notes on things that i feel are important as a student with type 1 diabetes and also a parent 
So, so far you've mentioned check the schools, right? See if they are willing to make those accommodations, um, especially when it comes to lunches. Also mentioning testing during hypos, making sure that there is a clause for students where they get extended time and then making sure teachers understand the condition. Uh, so with that short list, can you name one thing that you would add to it for students or parents? It's important for them to have in mind. Hmm, okay, interesting question. So yeah. maybe there are a lot of things, a lot of things that school and parents need to, to check um in uh, um i think i will add maybe um i'm not sure i had something in mind but um maybe ines can you want to go first yeah um, i'm just thinking of it um i think the one thing that I'm always saying to to kids that I met, uh, it's like you can do it. Like yeah, it will be a lot of ups and downs, and uh, it will be a lot of uh, disturbings and a lot of like things when you will say, oh, peep that's diabetes and things like that. But uh, it's it's very important to stand back and uh, fight diabetes back and take a good care of it um, and uh, we had some workshop with kids and i was i was asking them like what do you want to say to someone who was diagnosed in school in a in school age and they're coming back to school like what do you want to to recommend to them and the one girl said like if you have a hypo you need to eat so no matter what you are doing or anything that you are doing, even if your teacher will say that you will uh, get kick off her class or anything, you need to eat, and that is the right choice. So <laughs> that really, uh, parents need to understand that usually their kids under understand the situation, and sometimes they will they will fight for themselves. So uh, maybe just to allow them to be themselves especially if everybody knows that she or he had diabetes and just like uh, let it go <laughs> and because yeah they can do it you can do it as a parent and yeah it's it, it is a motor you can do it and it's okay <laughs> okay andrea you have one thing you'd add yeah yeah um i was thinking now and i was thinking about um the the thing that we all call uh, diabetes burnout, and that is uh, very common uh, when we have kids and adolescents that are facing that transition, that transition between uh, being a kid and you know going to high school and preparing for life. Um, I think this is something that happened to me, like facing um, a lot of challenges as as adolescent. Of course. Um, my body's changing, I am changing, I'm finding my identity. And adding that I have diabetes, of course, is, is difficult. And I also heard this situation a lot during diabetes camps and kids that were worried about 
how people how how they could um, prepare for good. Like when we when when they uh, go out to you know to society, not not just in school. Right. Um, like they need to 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 be prepared what for for what it's coming. And I think a, a parents should also um, take in consideration uh, uh, like mental health um, in school, of course, and ask them like how do they how they feel in school if they feel like their teachers um, comprehend about their condition if they are facing some kind of stigma in school because maybe they don't tell them and they just keep silent and this is when uh, problems get worse. So I think this is very important uh, to take in consideration. And, you know, like parents talk to, to, to teachers, like how, how they can help and how they can um, bring more attention to diabetes in school. Okay, thank you both for that. And for those who are listening and want more resources, I do want to say the Kids and Diabetes and Schools Project was initiated by IDF, the International Society of Pediatric and Adolescent Diabetes, ISPAD, and Sanofi, to bring diabetes education to schools to tackle diabetes-related stigma and promote healthy lifestyles to address the preventable risk factors for type 2 diabetes. A selection of kids' resources are available for students, teachers, and other school staff to use to inform diabetes awareness activities in the classroom. Visit kids.idf.org to learn more about the program and access these resources. Thank you so much, Andrea and Enos, for this stimulating conversation today. We've heard a lot of useful insights for you from you. I have my notes <laughs> that I'll be sharing with other people, I'm sure. Our listeners have found valuable information in everything that you've said, especially um, hearing about how things are in Mexico and Croatia and around the world. Before we close, can I ask you to share where listeners can find you on social media if they have any follow-up questions? <laughs> yeah, well, in my case, Andrea, you can find me in on Instagram, uh, like Andy in Blue. Um, in this uh, page, I share about my experience as a person with diabetes. And also, I have a platform. Uh, uh, well, it's my diabetes project called Diabetes Through Art, where I invite people to, to share about their condition, about their diabetes, their struggles, and how they face um, the situation, of course, in our country. And uh, around the world. So you can find us also um, like that, Diabetes Through Art, on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. And me, uh, yeah, I, uh, it, it's a little bit <laughs> difficult, but uh, yeah, you can find me on my Instagram account. Uh, I think you, you can write Ines Yakopanets uh, and you will find it, but the, the nickname is Ineska. Uh, NECA, it is N A 
ka <laughs> something like that yeah and this is something where like uh, of course you can ask me everything if you don't find it there uh, you can uh, send a request to my local association that also I'm leading uh, with my colleagues and this is uh, like a Zagreb uh, diabetes so it's ZG diabetes so maybe it's easier to, <laughs> to find it out. Okay well thank you both that's all for this episode thanks for listening and make sure to join us for a brand new episode of Detox and conversations in diabetes brought to you by the International Diabetes Federation.